Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of this podcast. We are studying together the first book of Kings, that's Melachim Aleph, Perak Hay, that is chapter 5. We are about to read <coughs> verse 1. And we have just, at the end of chapter 4, we, uh, at, well, during chapter 4, we laid out the... Uh, administration of the of Solomon's kingdom of his monarchy how he divided it up into 12 uh, regions and appointed officers over each region we learned of his appointments who was in charge of security who was in charge of of, of tax collection and so on <coughs> so and we learned that the people of Judah and Israel were united into one nation and they were prosperous and everyone <coughs> was eating and drinking and happy. So, we're going to continue on that vein and discuss the, the power and the might and the wealth of the kingdom of Solomon. Shlomo Solomon ruled over all of the kingdoms. From the river, meaning the river Euphrates, all the way to the land of the Philistines. Viad Givul Mitzrayim, all the way to the boundaries of Egypt. Magisha Mincha, all of these would bring uh, tribute to Solomon. All of the days of Shlomo's life, they were subject subjects of Solomon. Now, um, all of those nations were conquered in the days of Shlomo's father, David, <coughs> if you recall. And um, so Shlomo came to the throne at a time when the power of the united monarchy of Israel was at its height. The amount of food that was given to Shlomo each day, in other words, Shlomo and his government, in order to run the government, was 30 kor, which is a large measurement of, of Solas's uh, type of flour and Shishim kor and sixty kor of kemach is, is is another type of flour. Asara bakar briim and ten healthy, uh, you know, strong or or fat cattle. The esrim bakar rei and twenty um, uh, cattle that were uh, pasture raised. Umeatzon and a hundred sheep. Levad me ayel utzvivi except for the. Um, the isle, this is aside from a ram and a deer and a yachmur, which is a, uh, um, uh, some like a, some a, a, translated differently, it's some, some kind of a, of a, of a wild, um, a roebuck, uvarburim uh, avusim, and uh, fattened up geese. Kihuro dev, all this is just to impress us with the with the grandeur and wealth of Solomon's kingdom. Because he ruled over in the, everything from past the river Euphrates, from Tifsach to Gaza, uh, over all of the kingdoms that were on this side of the Euphrates, west of the Euphrates River. He had peace on all of his boundaries all that surrounded him. There was peace. No one... Um, uh, challenged the uh, monarchy, the powerful monarchy of Solomon. Vayeshev Yehuda Yisrael Avetach, 
and the people of Judah and the people of Israel lived securely. So each person under his vine, his grapevine, and under his fig tree, Midanvad Beersheva from the land of Dan in the north to Beersheva in the south, all of the days of Solomon. So we just drew a picture of a successful, prosperous um, country with a powerful king without any significant national security threats. Shlomo had 40,000 um, stalls for horses so that to, to ride his chariots, in other words, to carry his chariots. Ushneim uh, Osar Elef Porashim and 12,000 horse, uh, horsemen, riders. This, of course, we, is, is in contrast to what the Torah commands uh, that, that the king should not have too many horses. So we already are starting to see, again, the seeds of the downfall of Shlomo. At this point, it's not presented in a negative light, but one gets a little hint of negativity here. One gets a little hint of the seeds of, of destruction that are being sown. These um, governors, um, remember we said that the country was divided into 12 uh, regions, and each region had a governor, and each one was in charge of delivering to the king a certain amount each month. So uh, each one of these governors uh, fed the... Uh, uh, the King Solomon and all of those who were a part of the king's uh, court every month if they would bring to the table of the King Solomon they never felt they never missed out anything they never uh, were were <coughs> um, deficient in anything so this is um Remember, we said, so the, the prosperity was so great that everyone had what they needed, so there was no problem feeding the king. There was never anything lacking. They didn't have to. Um, so, you know, when, when everybody has what they need, there's no reason for fighting, there's no reason for jealousy, there's no reason, you know, for, for people to be upset about it. You know, however, we know that once. Once things don't go so well and people don't have what they want and there's haves and have-nots, that's when uh, the beginning of miscontent and, um, and strife begins. But that did not happen during the reign of Shlomo. And they would also give um, the barley and the straw for the horses and for the... L'Rechash um, is, is, is also horses that... that, that um, that uh, that run quickly. Some translate these as mules. Um, uh, however, uh, you know, regardless, these are other um, animals, uh, presumably a kind of horse, which also uh, rode the drove the chariot chariots. All right. They would each bring it to the places where they were, each person according to its rule. In other words, each one of the governors would not only supply Shlomo and his people with food, but they would also supply Shlomo's animals so that the army and the chariots and, and the horses that were uh, raised to run them were all uh, well fed. <coughs> what did Shlomo do during this time of wealth? Here we learn about what he did that's, that's positive. 
Um, and that's a beautiful outcome of this wealth that gives a person an opportunity to learn, to study, to get to, to, to raise his, his, his knowledge of the world around him. And that is what Shlomo did. God gave wisdom to Shlomo and a lot of understanding. He gave him a wide heart. A wide heart meaning the ability to, to, um, to broaden his perspective on things that were in the world around him, to learn about the world, to observe the world and experience it. Um, as much as the, his, his heart was so wide, he was, it, it encompassed so much knowledge like the, like the sea, the, the sand that is at the shores of the sea. But Tereb Chochma Shlomo, and the wisdom of Shlomo was even greater, from the wisdom of all of the people of Kedem, um, uh, presumably people out in, in the East who, who are well known for their, their wisdom, but Shlomo's wisdom was even higher, and even greater than the wisdom of the Egyptians, which was also well known to be people that were very educated and wise, but Shlomo's wisdom was even higher. And he was wiser than any person, wiser than Eitan from Ezrach, and wiser than Eman, these are people that were obviously known in the time as people that were wise, people that were educated. Shlomo's wisdom was greater than theirs, and his reputation spread throughout all of the nations that surrounded him. He spoke 3,000 Proverbs. Uh, presumably many of these are recorded in the book of Proverbs, which uh, one day we'll all study together on this podcast, but we still got a while to get there. And his songs were 1,005. His po- presumably these are poems that, that Shlomo wrote. And he spoke and he taught, he lectured, Regarding the different species of trees, he discussed the cedar trees that are in Lebanon, to discuss all the way down, no, those were big grand trees, all the way down to discussing the bakir, which grows out of the walls. In other words, large from the large trees to the small bushes, he lectured about them all, and he knew and understood botany, he knew and understood the science of the trees, and he also knew zoology. He discussed all the different kinds of animals and different kinds of birds, and the different kinds of, of insects, and different kinds of fish. He was an expert on all of this knowledge. So he, 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 he knew song, he wrote poems, he wrote um, wise proverbs, he studied the, the land, he studied the trees and the, and the grass, so he knew botany. And um, he also studied the animals. His wisdom was great and, and wise, and the entire world knew of how great his wisdom was. And people would come from all the nations to hear and learn from the wisdom of Solomon. It's from all of the, um, the kings, all of the leaders of the different lands and provinces that, sur- that, that existed in the known world at the time, all came. Um, uh, they, they, because um, they had heard of, regarding his great wisdom and how much knowledge they could gain from him. So here we have this beautiful um, uh, description of Shlomo and his wisdom, and what happens? What did Shlomo do when he had the kingdom of so much wealth and so many resources and peace? 
what did he do? He used it to accumulate wisdom and to teach the world his wisdom. This, is, this idea that, that Shlomo becomes and, and Jerusalem becomes a center of wisdom for, for the entire world, that the entire world, all of the nations of the world come and learn from Shlomo and learn from the people in Jerusalem. This is central to the idea of what's going to come next, of the temple, which is meant and designed to be a source of spirituality for the entire world. This is crucial because this is the central message that we've been studying in all of the books of the prophets. The people of Israel were chosen to set up a nation that was meant to to spread God's wisdom throughout the entire world. And this wisdom does not only include the knowledge of, of the one God and the true God and, and how to serve the true God with justice, with righteousness, etc., but it also includes um, the, the knowledge of science, the knowledge of nature, the appreciation of art and beauty and song. These are things that are also supposed to be spread from Jerusalem through the world, when the, when the Jewish people are at their height, when the people of Israel have the resources and they use them properly, this is the potential, what they can do. They can be a source of knowledge for the entire world. Vayishlach Chiram. I'm going to read this verse, um, which really uh, should be in the beginning of the next podcast, but um, I'm going to read it just as, as a lead-in, because it's kind of, we just said that many of these kings have heard uh, of, of Shlomo and his wisdom. So there was another king that heard too, and this was the Hiram, who was the king of Tzor, of Tyre, right? Uh, which is in modern-day Lebanon. He also sent his servants to Shlomo, right? Because he heard, because <coughs> he heard that Shlomo was appointed, was anointed as king in place of his father. Hiram was a close friend and an ally of David for many days, for, for much time. And Hiram heard that Shlomo uh, had uh, took over as his successor. So he sent his servants to Shlomo in order to cement that relationship and continue that relationship um, and to learn from Shlomo. With this, we'll complete the first uh, part of chapter 5. Uh, and we will complete chapter uh, 5 in the next podcast where we will study the interaction and read about the interaction between Hiram, the king of Tyre, and Shlomo, the, the king of Israel, and where that will lead and what their cooperation will bring. Thank you so much for studying this together. Looking forward to studying the rest of chapter 5, of course, and the rest of the Book of Kings together. Have a wonderful day.